Jeez. I'm prepared as fuck. <laughs> What's up, cousins? Hey, we Bob. And we like to floss. Yeah, all my diamonds floss. I was going to go through the rest, y'all, but uh, I had forgot the lyrics halfway through. But I was just so excited and hyped up. I done took out my headphones, but hold on. I'm going to still talk and record this joint right now. I'm also ready to shit, y'all, but I'm excited, cousins, because guess what? Guess what the fuck going on around here? So... This episode is a great-ass episode, and it is part two, say it with me, part two of Sit Yo Ass Down with Sue. Part two, Sit With Sue. Goddamn. And I brought in someone that means the world to me. The world, okay? The mother of every group. A hustler. A servant leader. An entrepreneur. My other half. My butcher, my baker, my candlestick maker, you know. <laughs> my motherfucking best friend, a young queen. Yeah, I don't got to What's up? What's up? <laughs> but y'all, y'all get the point. Y'all be cheer, yell, yell, and clap and do all that other shit. But what's up, a young queen? Welcome to the studio. What's up? What's happening, man. What up? What up? Thank you so much for having me. Let's let's try it again. I gave you so much enthusiasm. So I need you to to get on my level. You are speaking to the family, speaking to your cousins. We had the cookout today. So you act like you ain't seen me. So let's do this again. So my butcher, my baker, my candlestick maker. (laughs) (laughs) What up? Is that better for you? What up, cousins? What up? What up? What up? No, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. (laughs) Okay. Going on. I'm so happy to actually have you featured on this show because I think it is so important to hear your voice and your testimony and how you just touch so many people because you're just so great. And um, <laughs> I think that you'll make an excellent addition for Sit With Sue Part 2. And in this episode, it's going to definitely encompass um, post-grad depression. That's all what we're talking about. So part one was just regular depression, which we will have um, off and on. And I like to, well, not I like to, which is scientifically known as majority of the depression that a lot of us face is um, depressional episodes. And um, that's how to classify those. But in this post-grad depression is, um, I did a little bit of research and it's not actually a field that many um, scientists have actually um, ventured in of diagnosing the actual young psyche of like ages between like 20 and like 32 it's not really like a practice for real for real um but hopefully one day they'll see us motherfuckers of like we're really transitioning into something big and it is something that fucks with a lot of us so a young queen um i want you to just i want you to open up like um i'm gonna kind of guide you along the way but this your show today a little bit it's it's half your show. I ain't gonna give it to you. It's a little bit of your show. It's our show today, right? And so, like, you know, just the first step, like, you know, kind of tell the people um about your college experience first. Let's 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 hear about your college experience. Okay, okay. So 
started college 2012. Um, out of high school, you talking about a whole band geek. Went to an HBCU starting in 2012. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> do you remember that? Plumes, plumes. <laughs> Plumes, plumes, plumes. Oh, for listeners, if y'all don't know what a plume is, it's one of those little feather things that you see on the top of people's uh, hats in the marching bands. It's it's okay. It's a band thing. All right, continue. My it bad. Low-key <laughs> might be a, a white band thing. That, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I came um, to the HBCU in 2012, uh, definitely in a shell, if it wasn't for you, I would have never got out of my shell, got into a lot of uh, student leadership positions. Um, started off in parliamentarian, freshman class council, and then um, what, sophomore class president, then student activities board chair, and then my final act of leadership was senior class president because I just love my classmates so much, even to this day. Them are oh. my niggas. Y'all are my niggas, Classmates, man. Huh? <laughs> I love my classmates, boy. Okay, so I I hear you say a lot of things about leadership. Outside of leadership, what was your college experience like? Oh, it was dope. I mean, college is low-key what you make it. Really high-key what you make it. Um, business administration, concentration management. I actually started off in uh, computer science, but Shit, after seeing how much math it was, and Ooh. I was passing with a C. Like, baby, I ain't never made no C's before. Uh, midterm, I had a D. I was like, oh, oh. this ain't working. Baby, had to get off at this stop right here. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't working. So I ended up uh, switching my major to business administration, concentration management. Um, but overall, the college experience was, was dope. Loved on everybody. Everybody loved me. Uh, I found my my turn up queen okay. within myself. Yeah, uh, it was a little turn up queen. queen. Shit, have a good time, you know. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was there with you, so I know. <laughs> I know these things. It's crazy. Yeah, man. we we became some drinkers together, low key. Wait, I mean, hold on. Don't you know? Have my to bad. Don't don't get back to information. My bad. My bad. My bad. Because you, did, that's just you. I, did, I don't know what bad. she's talking about. I don't Ooh. drink or do any of that. None of that. None, none of that. My fault. My fault. It's okay. It's okay. My bad. So, um, when you graduated, can you explain, like, your first summer? Like, from, and I want you to explain it in the increments of months. So, your first month outside of graduation, your second month, and third month three. Can you explain me, like, your, um, talk about your mindset, like, um, what happened after graduation. You can even talk about graduation day and your emotions and your feelings of that. And then, kind of go into um how each month affected you and did you have a job like right after you graduated shit um i guess because i was such a, a heavy ass student leader at school a nigga never really just took time for herself and thought about what she was really going to do outside of college and so she had graduation day me giving that speech um and presenting it to not only my classmates, but their family, friends, and loved ones. I'm up there just thinking like, man, what am I going to do after this? <laughs> so I ended up, of course, moving back home. Um, and that first month, it was just rough because it's just like, what, what you going to do? What you doing? What you want to do? 
And see, I, I didn't grow up with people asking me, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And and that's honestly a question you should ask kids shit throughout their life right? You know, as they're growing up so they can really think about it. And nobody ever asked me that. I was just going with emotions. And I think because, um, because I was going with emotions that that's just all I kind of knew. And I only knew that from, I guess, my family as well, that they was just going with emotions. That's it. And so my first month, uh, just definitely depressed. Uh, my depression probably didn't stop until shit month six honestly well hold up before before you start talking about depression can you talk about like all right so in the first month i know like it probably was a little bit easier it's like oh no school so i can chill right so can you like like talk about like you know um what like what was going through your mind like from you know like the first weeks outside of school like did you think everything was okay first or you was already kind of like nervous about like what's next i was both i was both i was like cool Graduation over, school over, cool, chill out a little bit, a little bit, because I was doing a lot senior year, um, and I wanted that break, but then, in a sense, just, just scared, scared out my mind, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what the next steps were, even when applying to jobs, um, and I started applying to jobs probably after two weeks after college. And truly, your ass needs to be applying for jobs. You're fucking junior, junior year. year. <laughs> Yo, junior year. But again, nobody said that shit, okay? Nobody really just sat down with me and talked and said, hey, is this what you're going to do? Even the people, you know, in undergrad, even the professors or um, advisors, quote unquote, like, then nobody advised my ass. Again, I was just, it was just going with emotions. Like, okay, I'm going to get this degree. But now what? You done, You graduated with a business administration concentration management degree. Now what? What you about to do? Um, and so even the, the jobs that I applied to, I was just applying to them because I needed a job. I just knew that was the next step. But it's still not necessarily what I wanted to do. And so um, I, I had a come to Jesus moment. That's, that's, that's what it was. Um. I had a come to Jesus moment and he told me to fast. And so I fasted. (laughs) I fasted for six months. And literally after my first week of fasting, I got a call from, I guess I'll call her an old mentor. Um, And she said she had a a position for me. She said she would think I'd be perfect for it. And so, of course, I proudly accepted. Like, girl, yeah, I do it. I just wanted a damn job. And I wanted to get out of my mama's house because, again, when you're, baby, when you are in undergrad, you living by yourself, whether that's in a dorm, whether that's in an apartment, you really by yourself. So for you to come back to your mama's house, bro, mm. and if you, you, you know, you under her roof again. And it's just, I wasn't fucking with it. I wasn't fucking with it. And I was back in my hometown, too. And it's just like, baby, I don't even feel complete right now. I feel like a failure feel like a failure because I'm still up in my hometown. It's just like, I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And so I proudly accepted that um, that offer that my mentor was giving me. What month was that? That was that was June. That was the top of June. All ending, right. ending of May towards June. So you didn't even have that long until you 
actually got hired. So it was like probably like three or four weeks outside of graduation, and then you got hired. And right. Okay. So in your second month, now you having a job, something that you necessarily didn't choose for yourself, but was asked, how did you feel when executing that role and waking up in the morning and still being freshly removed from um, undergrad? I felt blessed. I'm not going to lie. Of course, I felt blessed. And I'm sorry. I, I also want to add that God blessed me with a card, too. Oh, uh, come on. During, during my Shined second up. week of my fast. Yeah. During my second week of my fast, I got blessed with the card. And with that car, I drove um, to where I was supposed to be. And um, waking up every morning, I mean, it was still tough because I was I was actually homeless after undergrad, and I had to sleep on a uh, in my friend's place. And um, that I guess not being in your own space and not being somewhere where you're not used to. That can make it a little hard too. Um, I'm not gonna say I was still depressed in that time, but low key kind of was. And so getting up, going to um, the job that I was offered, it was cool. But at the same time, probably within my first month being there, I knew it wasn't it because it was it was different answering to certain people. I guess if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It, it just it wasn't fulfilling. I'll say that my first job was not fulfilling and you got to learn people all over again, new people, you know, you, you stay on campus for all four years. You, you know, administration, you know, your classmates, you know, un the, the people that's under you, um, the freshmen, the sophomores, but, you know, being on a whole different environment, learning people again and answering to new people, it was just kind of tough because you got to learn people all over Right. So I actually want to like kind of uh, talk to you about this. So do you think and uh, is it safe to say that us being in college, it kind of put it, us in like a cocoon to like the real world? Right. Like for sure. For sure. For sure. Especially the college that, that we went to. I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Right. And so in that in that cocoon, like how I feel is, though, it's you get used to seeing like, you know, the same patterns, the same faces, the same structure in a routine and what is not outlined or given to us as young adults is that, yo, real life don't look like this shit. Real life is not on a schedule. Real life doesn't have food right there in the middle of the campus for you to get. Real life don't have all your good friends like yeah. right there. You can just run to and knock on the door and be like, yo. Uh, I need to talk to you. Yeah. So um, that's a that's a big thing to realize that you have to let go. Yeah. All right. So um, can I ask you this? And thank you for being um, this vulnerable, you know, with us. Actually sharing that you had like a point where you were homeless, but yet when you were homeless, you still felt blessed. But can you or, or do you even know like when you realized that you were experiencing um, depression and like, how do you know? Like, what do you feel when you know that it is? You can like label it as depression. Do you know that defining moment for you? Was it? Was it in those months you were fasting that you knew, or was it you had to get out of the depression to realize that you were depressed? 
I had to get out of depression to realize that I was depressed. But I also knew as well, because when you just feel so sorry for yourself and knowing, well, thinking that it's not going to get better. So in those two, three weeks where I had to figure out what was my next move, I remember that I had a friend who allowed me to speak to his mentor and me and his mentor had a conversation and she's over here asking me, what do you want to do? And I could not answer this lady. (laughs) I began crying. I cried on the phone with the lady and Honestly, I don't even know if she knew that I was crying, but she probably did. But I cried. And in that moment, I'm just like, bro, what the fuck? Like, this shit is, this is fucked up. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? And in that, in that moment, that's when I began to feel, um, began to feel sorry for myself. And so I guess that was my first sign of depression. And then here comes my fast. And within that fast, I don't feel my depression as much after my fast I realized that I had a testimony and I realized that I was depressed for real for real so I had two moments where I realized that I was depressed if that makes sense Mm -hmm. huh okay so like when you got out of it you realized that it was like you know let's just say for the lack of better terminology because i ain't no psychologist or therapist or nothing that you had like probably like two different um but the same thing like two different um um, uh, depression episodes but Yeah. yeah so but for the continuation of it we're just gonna sum it up as all of it is post grad depression yeah for sure like so okay but these were defining moments like in it where it's like yo uh, something's really going on with me. Okay, so how did, did you? So when you realize this, well, you say you realize it after, but well, well d- during this, how did you? How did you make it? Like, how did you look for a brighter day? Like, how did you keep keep on moving forward? Well, honey, I mean, I'm spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> so, but God, you hear me? But okay, God. come on, but God, ain't nothing wrong with that. Bro. Ain't um, no problem. Ain't no problem. No, that ain't no problem. But God, um, God got me through, and and I'm not trying to push anything on anyone. But that this is me, this is my testimony. Um, if it wasn't for God, bro, I honestly don't know where I would be. I honest, honestly probably still be at my home city, um, being under my mama roof. And just being scared to just really get out there and venture. But um, just being able to see the light of day through the tunnel, knowing what you are capable of doing. Like, God showed me everything that I was capable of doing in undergrad. And I didn't even know all the stuff was inside of me. And so if I did great things in undergrad, what makes you think I can't do amazing wonderful great things outside of undergrad like there's no way and so you just got to see the the light through the tunnel and know that there's a brighter day there's a better day and that you're going to experience some things but a lot of things that you experience is only building a testimony so you can share with others so they can get through too Hmm. Mm -hmm. i definitely agree um all right so i do want to talk about this um 
I want to mention this because I think it's important and we shouldn't we should try to cover everything as much as possible uh, with I know with the generation that we are in and the people who I surround myself with sometimes when um, hardship comes before us we turn to things that numb them I had like um, whatever episode that was prior before this I don't know if it was moving in place or whatever but um, you know we latch ourselves on to certain substances whether it be alcohol whether it's weed if you white lsd not (laughs) 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 but whatever the fuck that you partake in um it's nothing and it's nothing wrong with partaking in well it's something wrong with lsd that don't do that shit but (laughs) ain't nothing wrong with like you know weed and alcohol i don't think but you have to be mindful of how much you intake um especially when going through like these different um these transitional periods because in these transitional periods you're very vulnerable and you're um you're vulnerable to a lot of things because your life is moving in a way that's totally different from the norm everything it's been a total shift and you have to relearn so from your emotions from your physically from spiritually you have to realign and found a foundation to anchor yourself because you can be swayed just like water moves back and forth like you can be swayed left to right tossed and turned flipped over and you can find yourself in a state of feeling hopeless and so when you do partake in depressants um like alcohol or like weed you but you use these things to numb yourself and it becomes abusive in that way where you numb yourself from the feelings that you should feel to be like all right now i need to get my shit the fuck together um so if you know that you have like a a codependency type of ordeal because you don't have to be just codependent on another human or anything. You can be very codependent and, and abuse like substances. And I think that's something very important for us to talk about. And and at times, a lot of people don't think that they're addicted um, Mm -hmm. to things. And um, it can be hard for your friends to tell you the truth because um, how this substance is affecting you. Um, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it until like something like big happens until you realize like, dang, I was really like slipping. I was really like, you know, fucking up. And like you, you really, it takes somebody from the outside. Your friends can't even really tell you, but somebody who don't even know you. And it'd be like, like, what the fuck is your problem? Yeah. Like (laughs) what? So it it really don't be nobody's close, but if this is you, and you're listening, and you smoke all the fucking time, and you move slow motion, and your friends are telling you, listen to me, cousin. I'm telling you, get off your ass and put that shit down. Save that money. Save your little $10, goddamn. Because that shit adds up. Oh, it's been, oh, (laughs) tell on yourself. Look, so, however much the the fucking shit comes, Put shit the fuck down, okay? Because you got you got this in your twenties, and I said this on a oh, a episode a long time ago. The twenties is for grinding, okay? You yeah. have to grind this shit out, smoke all the fucking weed you want to at age thirty and forty when you have your shit together. You got to right. figure out you can even right. grow a garden. Damn, invite me. No, I'm just playing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm what I'm saying is like it's important for us to talk about like substance abuse because it's really real and in this in this age of post grad depression where a lot of us like um what a, we're like three years removed from college so it's just like 
you can still be suffering with that. You can still be carrying on the carrying this cross that you should have been let that burden down because adult adulting should have just done knock you in the head like a VA goddamn um by now. Cause this shit it's like you gotta you either gonna move with the punches or you just gonna be like I mean like just live pass you by. And you know, I just think you know, I what I'm saying. I just think it was important to just shed the light on that, you know? For sure. Can I speak on it? You said can you speak on it? Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Um <laughs> Shit, I, I I picked up Mary Jane during undergrad. Not only Mary Jane, but but alcohol too. But I was more so. Um, I really thought talking about being Mary Jane, and I was um I was really wow, lost for it. Stop. <laughs> okay, sorry guys. Um, all right. No, I'm listening. <laughs> no, that Mary Jane. Um. Oh, no, I definitely picked up. I definitely picked up weed during undergrad, and. Because I picked it up during undergrad, it followed me post undergrad. So I definitely um, leaned on weed to escape a lot of stuff. So even after I got that first position, by the way, that crap didn't work out. Um, just, just really leaned on it heavy because it, it allowed me to escape in a sense. But it's it's definitely real. When you're leaning on different substances, it allows you to go into a deeper depression. Sometimes people will say, oh, weed isn't addictive. But truly, uh, that's a fucking lie. Uh, I mean, I know people that still, like, put the shit down. Still, they, they do that shit every day. And I think it's different weed smokers as well. Like, some people are able to function with weed. Some people just think they just have to have weed and just, you know, be able to get through the day or get through whatever they're doing, whether that's work or, um, you know, even just for, I guess, recreational use too. Like some people just don't know how to put it down. Luckily I can take sporadic breaks. I can stop. Like it's, it's nothing, but, um, it definitely enhances depression more as well because I went through that too. But I just want to shed my light on that little one too. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Um, so, all right. So just, you know, transitioning on from that, you know, something I had looked up because I think, I think it is so important for us to talk about. So it should be some factual things in it. So it's, this is a study um, and it shows that post-grad depression is un- underreported because graduation is like motherhood. Culturally looked at as a joyful time, which makes it even more shameful to admit. Would you agree with that? Mm, I guess in a sense I would. Um Wait, read it one more time. One more again. I got yeah, you. Yeah, one more again. So it says studies show post grad depression is underreported because graduation is like motherhood, culturally looked at as a joyful time, which makes it even more shameful to admit. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely do. You got your people all at graduation with bells and whistles and shit and. Yeah, and posters face. of your face, yeah, goddamn. Your face. <laughs> I wasn't one of those people, but I wish I had. 
that type of life. I, I, I feel you. I, my people made a banner. You had a banner. And I you had a banner. I stood behind it and I took a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my family, baby. I had a banner. People be making shirts too. So, I mean, everybody gathers to celebrate you at this big ass time. And then, all right, a month ago by, what the fuck is you doing? What are we doing? You, know, you, think, you, you ain't got nothing to show for it. There's nothing to show for it. It's like, what, what, what are we doing? So, and so this is, I brought that up to say because it's really problematic. Because if culturally is is looked at as a joyful time, people aren't correlating that people are out here really suffering after graduation because it's like, all right, so in this roadmap. Which way do I go? Everybody, everybody sees like the celebration of what happens on this day in May or June for whatever other school you go to. But like what day in May that I walk across the stage, it's a joyous moment. What, what after that? Like what's next after that? Nobody checks on you because they think that you should have had it figured out, that you should be, be good. Yeah. Graduation does, does not the deal so what are colleges why aren't colleges like identifying this as a problem um and if so if they do know it's a problem why isn't like you know career services stepping up their game like what what what, what where are all the money going for like why we got you know certain schools bringing celebrities and all that other bullshit on campus but are we bringing jobs on the campus <laughs> yes i'm being shady if you know me i was being shady as fuck and you play play this on goddamn repeat i want you to please uh, are we bringing jobs like Fortune 500? Sorry, cousins. I had I just had I had to do it. Yeah, do it. Are we um, are we bringing jobs to you know meet the juniors who will become seniors or shit? Let's start on the sophomore le- level so we can get these students um internships so they can already be ingrained um with these different Fortune 500 or 100 companies are seeking to develop you know college prospects and let me tell you like every fortune 100 every fortune 500 are looking to develop early talent fresh out starting their freshman year so it should it's no excuse really that your your institution didn't have you prepared also um I only can speak on my experience. Um, I went to um, a HBCU um, as a young queen just spoke about like, I was very active um, and my, in my journey, the reason why I was lucky and I was blessed to have a job right after undergrad is because of a professor who was really adamant about like, yo, this is an opportunity to go for it. And then shit, like mm-hmm. it was like senior year for me. I was like, um, I have to, I have to secure a job because I can't go back home. Like, you know, period. Like, I'm not about to go back home. So it was like first semester senior year, I said, I am going to get this job. And so um, you know, I worked my ass off and it was a case study composition uh, it was a case study composition competition um that I was like, I have to win so I can have a chance to interview. And let me just tell you, and I just want to walk down, and this has nothing to do with post-grad depression. It just shows that um, I'm just going to tell you a little bit of my story. So I um, 
I actually entered the competition and the competition was mixed up with um, different sophomores, juniors and seniors. Uh, and um, the sophomores and the sophomores and the juniors, they would have opportunity to have an internship with the company. And this is a Fortune 100 company. Um, and then the seniors will have a, a chance to interview interview. So let me just tell y'all, my sorry ass group did not win. Um, <laughs> if you was in my group and you remember this, I, I love you. <laughs> but we, my sorry ass group did not win. Uh, I think we came in like third place, and you need to be like in first and second place. And it was sad as shit. I was like, yo, I busted my ass for this, and I did not get it. But um, I didn't. I didn't waste on that opportunity at all. Um, I was definitely known like for icebreakers. I stood up. You know, I made sure that I was known. I shook the right hands. I, you know, I dressed apart. Um, I talked very well. Like, and so my name stayed. Um, stayed afloat and it um, circulated throughout the company. It was like, you didn't see this kid. You didn't see this kid. Y'all didn't talk to the, this person. And so, um, the orchestrator of the event, who was a, a alumnus of my school she reached back she reached out to me and she was like so i know we met like two times and i loved your personality i knew i would but so many people have was, was like you didn't win and you didn't you know get the opportunity like what like what happened and i was like and she was like so i had to come back and fix that and yo this, this ain't this what would you say I said hello. <laughs> oh, right. Hello. And so I was like, she was like, I had to come back and fix that. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Like, please, please fix that. And I was because I was so depressed. I was I was pissed off. Like I was so pissed. And then she had called me because and I don't answer the numbers. I don't know. I, I don't. And so and she was like, All right, so we're gonna make this work and we're gonna make this happen for you. So my school didn't help me for real. My professor helped me and get it out there and he didn't even go through like career services and all the other stuff it was just about like him orchestrating it it was this i think it was his first and last time doing it so he did that so i was truly 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 blessed to not have like you know um this a similar story story to um a young queen and um i say that is like you can say it's it's lucky and all this other stuff but <sighs> this feeling of post-grad depression if you never went through it um it's real because it could have been you and i'm i only said my story because it could have been me too and um i had a like i did suffer a little bit from it but not from like being separated solely like from college but it wasn't it wasn't i don't i, I wouldn't say to a, a severe degree and I think it's important for us to talk about it because, you know, we have like friends who go through like things that they don't talk about because now that we moved on opposite sides of like, you know, the country in some aspects, you know, um, what what they're going through. And like, so, you know, Young Queen, you said that you went through this. Have you had any other of your friends that you, you know, talked to that they were going through it that you could identify and y'all could get through this together? Like how, how, how did that go about um you know I, I just feel as though if you didn't have a a job right after college your ass went through it you didn't have to speak on it or anything I think everybody just felt the same way if you don't have a, a job right after college I honestly think you go through it and, and maybe you just can't pinpoint it or 
call it by its name, but you're going through it. So, yeah. So, I I think some of my friends actually did go through it. They just didn't call it by its name. Um, Maybe they didn't know what to call it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't know. But I mean, from the top of my head, I. You didn't really yeah. talk. You kept it to yourself too. Yeah, I, I love you. Kept it to myself. So in in that okay in same mind space and in in, the, in that same thought, why did you choose to keep it to yourself? Because I felt like nobody would understand how I feel. Okay, <laughs> but all that right. That kind of so, just contradicts what I just said. <laughs> I'm clapping right now because we just did a whole full circle. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. <laughs> right. All right. So does that it does it doesn't make sense. So if this is you, and you really feel as though like you're the only one going through it, I'm letting you know now, and a young queen is on here to let you know that you are not the only one being the only one out here. And I've been saying that terminology the entire time. People have have created these um, personas, um, and to trick you, like to trick you to make sure to make these Halloween masks, like everything is fine and everything is not fine. The 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 way you get past it sooner, faster is calling it by its name, calling it, identifying it, and saying this is what I'm going through, and let it be known. Talk to your friends about it. You won't have to be like I'm gonna get on their nerves about it. Fuck no, they probably know somebody that can help you or like and not help you like from a psychology psychology. Uh, psychological perspective <laughs> uh, but like you know from like connecting you with the right people or giving you some advice that you needed or giving you some affirmations or giving you um confirmations goddamn like you know what i'm saying so the the, the i think what happens is we get so we get so scared it's fear that's what it is it's fear thinking that people are going to judge you and and comparing you to where they're at but you, they probably people or nine times out of ten are not going to do that, and you you will find yourself surprised that we have we share the same story, and let's let's work on this together and help each other to just get out of this rut, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so now since we identified, we don't call it by its name. And we understand that no one prepared us for it. How do we, or how did you begin to rewrite your story? Mm. Starting on a clean slate. And what I mean by that, um, figuring out what I actually like to do, figuring out exactly, I guess, Partially, my calling, it is in customer service. I know how to treat people. I know how to talk to people. And honestly, it was just recently where I realized, like, okay. Um, Can I stop you right there? Sure. Calling is not customer service. Your calling is to serve people. But right. that's what, yeah. And, and you, you, you took it right out, right out of my mouth because I was just going to say, I'm a servant. Mm-hmm. I'm a servant. And and that 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 is what I have I believe that I have been called to be a servant. Um, even during undergrad, student leadership, baby, it's servanthood. 
that's what it was. So um, honestly, just recently, I realized that I have to be a servant in order to do something bigger than serving. Um, and so I, I just, I started with a new company. I was finally blessed with the company that I like and that I could see myself at and that I could see myself, you know, growing, growing there. Um, and so just, just, I guess, starting new, starting fresh, leaving the old doubts, leaving depression behind, leaving old habits behind, just starting on a clean slate, starting new, starting fresh. It's like, I, I have a lot to say, but I don't know how to put it in words, but all I can say is just starting new, starting fresh, starting on a clean slate. So let, let me see if I can help. Is your, did you hear that like feedback or no? No? Okay, that was just me? Cool. Yeah. Great. Um, so when you say starting new and starting fresh, what steps did you take to do that? Was it like, I know you say you started a new job that you finally said that aligned with what you feel as though was you. Like, what else did you, um, like, what else did you do? Did you work out, like, start a new schedule? Did you start a new pattern to talk to people? Um, did you, like, what happened? Deleted some old people out of my life, number there one. There we go. Come on. Number two calling a lot of issues that I had out by its name. Okay, call it by its name again. We like it. Yeah. Number three, faith. Really activating my faith. <laughs> and, you know, of course, faith without work is dead and, mm -hmm. and really working my faith, like for real, working it and yeah, working faith for just having a positive outlook on life. Five, deleting social media. I'm sorry. Social media fucks us all up. <laughs> Y'all don't see it probably. <laughs> it is a energy sucker. Like the fuck. It it sucks. It sucks a lot out of you because you're comparing a lot. And comparing is the uh thief to Thief of joy, right? Thief, thief of all joy, yep. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Deleting that freaking social media, bro. I'm talking about everything. So from Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all that. All that. Yeah. The only thing I kept was LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, that's hello. That's all look, that's all you need. That's all you need. Because you know, actually research right. indicates that millennials have the highest rates of depression and anxiety of any other generation with job concerns high on their list of worries because and those people who like reported that tend to be active on many social media platforms. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and so I just thought that was funny that you said that because I actually was going to hit on that next. But yes, stay your ass off of social media unless it's LinkedIn. Get a job. Okay. 
Hello. Or start your own job. All this time you pouring into other people in their companies and yes, you want to do something for yourself. Pour yes. into yourself. Invest yes. in yourself. Get that equipment. Get that LLC. Pay for pay for that shit. Research how do you get an e- EIN number when you get a new company so you can make a bank account so you can deposit them checks, okay? I'm giving okay. you right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. come on okay come on because like no get ready get ready get ready literally this train will leave your ass and you gonna look up and you like 40 we look three kids and you don't like their ass and they don't Uh like you because you upset and you depressed and you projecting on them and you're going to create and keep creating this cyclical bullshit and these generational curses you are literally chaining yourself to the same cross so who are you going to amount yourself from it or what like are you going to keep on waiting for somebody to save you yes yes this show is called unprepared as fuck but nigga get prepared all right this is to get you prepared because it's serious. It's, it's serious out here, and you're connected to so many things and so many people. Because if you fail, that means the whole line that was connected to you, they fail. It's so much bigger than you. So if you keep on hauling ass and not getting up, and nobody's telling you, look, let me be your best friend. Let me be your cousin. Because goddamn, I will definitely tell you straight up every time you need it. Okay, I will give you my number. I will call me at any time. I ain't. I don't mind cussing your ass out. Okay. <laughs> Take heed. Take fucking Please. heed, bro. Like for Please. real, shit, real though. And we real. and and I I can't say this enough. What contributes to post grad depression is thinking that everyone else has it figured has it out. Together. I'm trying to tell you, boy. And see that 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 damn social media. Right. <laughs> everyone else. Everyone else does not have it figured out. Hell the no. from the from the sharpest suit to the tightest sewing. Goddamn. People God. do not have it. <laughs> the fuck out okay the, the, the outside it looks con- it looks convincing but they just as confused as me and you alright that was funny as fuck I said that on the fly that was funny as fuck I am going to you know I really don't think I really don't think the females wear sewings a lot they they to the tightest wig baby okay oh they don't be scared. I like sewings. Y'all don't like the sewing. Them hoes was good. They were secured, okay? These wigs, they've been slipping since 2016. <laughs> Put them up. <laughs> okay, so having to adjust your life that is that no longer aligns to your passions. That's I wanted to I wanted to talk about that because in in post grad depression um you are aligning yourself or you actually making yourself a little bit smaller to fit in a box that does not fit you. Yeah. And so um could you like what did that mean to you when I said that having to adjust your life that no longer aligned with your passions? Did that, did that resonate with like some of the feelings that you felt through that six month window, and I'm just saying six months because you said that earlier. I don't even know how long. How long was your like post grad depression, or has it ended for you, honey? It recently just ended. If I'm gonna oh. be real, I'm gonna be real. Okay. It recently just ended. Um, I had a period where I was good, but then again, not being with the right company, and and honestly, with with the different jobs that I've gotten, what I've recently actually have trained myself to say is that it is a position 
not that it is a job, not that it is um, just me being with the company. It is a position that I am in. So, um, yeah, I, I recently, honestly, just got through it. Um, your statement that you said, it, it definitely um, resonates with me because, again, of everything that I did during undergrad and then post-undergrad, it's just like, okay, bitch, you ain't got nothing to show for it. It's like, how can I live back up to what I was doing during undergrad? All those student leadership positions, all that responsibility responsibility that I had, all that difference that I made during undergrad, what am I doing now with it? Like, how, what, what do I have to show for it? Like, what am I doing? And so trying to, I guess, fit in that box, knowing that I don't fit in it, has allowed me to outgrow the box. Does that make sense? You Can you say that again? Awkward moment of silence. Like, what? <laughs> can you say it again? My nigga, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck I just said. <laughs> fuck. Baby, I've outgrown the motherfucking box. That's that's okay. what I'm, all I'm trying to say. Okay. I, 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 I positioned myself in the damn box, and I've outgrown the box. I've outgrown it, and truthfully, I've always... Been bigger. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted you to say it in your own words. I knew what you said. Yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate you. No problem. <laughs> I, no problem. I, I hope the listeners get it fuck. <laughs> So essentially, if the if y'all didn't get it, we oftentimes make ourselves so small to fit molds that were never meant for us. Um, we all of us have such a bigger purpose in a calling that's attached to us that has already been predestined um, for us and for the lives that we are to touch. It's when that we become out of touch of who we are and who we have always been. Is when we fall into um, a realm of confusion and some people think it's um some people think that conforming to or like you know conforming to like a nine to five is just you know the, their move and that may be their move and the people in their nine to five is and who they touch that's how that they, they are you know supposed to reach people and how they will serve people and that that's their purpose but others are designed to have things that you're creating something new or you're making something new or you're supposed to go against the grain to challenge others so that you challenge their mindset. So we all have a bigger purpose. And when when we don't have when our passions don't align with um, when our life doesn't align with our passions anymore, we lose our sense of purpose. And then we that's when we fall in that endless pit of hopelessness. So was that kind of like, you know. Thank you, baby. This is why you are my other half because, <laughs> honey, you know how to articulate this shit, okay? I just tried to I just <laughs> pulled at what I thought you were going at and then I just... Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. <laughs> All right, so, you know, moving on. Oh, my gosh. I never had an hour episode and it, at the time. It is... Wow. Okay, cool. So we need to start wrapping up soon. So, but I think this is uh, 
sit with Sue part two is definitely important because a lot of people go through this shit and nobody be talking about this shit. So I, I'm just trying to let y'all hear a different voice. Yeah, yeah. y'all hear my voice. This is a, this is definitely important to a lot, and hopefully it touched the ones that need to be touched. Um. Okay. So something that you hit on a young queen. Um. Earlier, you was like, you know, you were so f- involved in like the campus life and doing all that stuff. You put yourself to the side instead of worrying about what's what's life after undergrad so have you ever thought about the same stuff that you were doing in your campus environment and you felt fulfilled doing that how about transforming that into a community involvement so some of the things that you did that was geared to just campus stuff it kind of is mimicked in like the greater community so have you ever thought about like doing that of like transitioning what you've already done in this um being an activist on your campus in so many um ways how how to transfer that over to what's going on now in like your life <laughs> for certain i'm sorry i'm laughing because like uh definitely definitely um non-profit non-profit i would love to start a non-profit definitely um and I'll say that it, it it's in the works. That's what I want to do. Everything that I learned from undergrad, it can definitely be brought outside to our community. And I would love mo- nothing more to do that because during undergrad, that's where I felt my most fulfilling moments, bro. Being able to reach, teach, hell, even sometimes preach to people. You know, that that that's what... I would love to um, get back to, and I and I will get back to that. Will. So that's a yes to answer your question. Okay. <laughs> I think I think I wanna I wanna dabble in this too. So if you, I if you were like active and involved, and you find yourself as like, all right, you know, just going to job, I'm not being fulfilled. It's things that like not even just starting a nonprofit, but you can um, get involved with like your local rec um, center like to help kids or you could um, get involved in church and do homeless like outreach or you could um, join you know your local chapter of NAACP and hit on some things that like it's challenging in your local community when it comes to um, minorities who are being marginalized against um find your passions because it's stuff that's out there in the in life life that's already out there for you to be active in to get involved in to find a sense of purpose and that you're giving back into society in a way that you find value that is nurturing your spirit or if it's just like just being in you know in nature or some shit and you know just taking pictures and I don't know like but like getting you find whatever you were doing in college that that was like you know fulfilling you and find how that can align with what you're currently doing in your life so that you can know that this is the passion this is this is what it is and you still having a hard time figuring out what um what brings you joy or delight in your life I think I said this um, last episode, start small. It starts with small. Like I told y'all yeah. that I had to start with coloring in a coloring book. I was dead ass and I love, I thoroughly enjoy coloring in a good coloring book, okay? And so, and like you start small because you you will, you will, you will know. And, and, and then at the same time, you can't 
you can't be too impressionable and you can't you have to call out if you're codependent you have to realize that um before you start venturing out into what you really like because in codependency you start taking on um what others like and you think that you like it and that's not it you know what i'm saying so that i just want you to watch out for that but you know all in all um i i want y'all to understand from this episode that college definitely to me mirrors a a fake utopian society that is not real but people like prepare you um for college like oh this is real life this is how real life gonna look and it's gonna be so much different from high school granted it is very different from high school but it is far from real life and it does not prepare you with the necessary and essential tools to sustain yourself as being an adult and some of these things that you know everybody can't hand feed you or spoon feed you so i can understand why we're kind of confused but it could be some instruction of like an arrow pointing all right bitch go this way because you're getting off course like it should be something like that um but it's not so college does like you know mirror that utopian society um for those who have a, a, a decent experience if you had a good college experience so if you were one of those people who hated college stayed in your dorm you probably wouldn't say it was a utopian society and you probably not even listening to this because you're probably prepared because you have always been a root of uh uh bitch who just did not give a fuck i guess but um <laughs> but i do i low-key i think there should be um a transition course from college to adulthood it should be like taking your last semester of your senior year of basically a course it's probably once a week or you know like of course there is an online thing but it gives you like some tidbits or something but i think people will sign up for it It could be an elective but it should be a transition course for adulting one-on-one you know what Y'all don't, don't, do don't steal that don't steal that from me because i'm gonna go ahead and yeah. do it i'm gonna yeah. start like the first little series of like yeah. this class is called unprepared as fuck one-on-one what's up <laughs> like what's up so um i think it's needed it, it is needed yeah, yeah. but a young queen thank you for being vulnerable with our cousins today <laughs> and telling them about your life and your 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 weed gardens and then your depression <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding but like you know thank you for coming in the studio having me on this microphone for a whole hour because i hope these I'm people sorry. listening i hope these people listening but um you guys i hope that your monday is off to a great start if you listen to this you have to chop it up that's cool or whatever. But any any last words, young queen? What you want to let the what you want to let cousins know? Like what you want to let our cousins know? Um. Don't think too long and hard about it. I know, sugar. Listen, you are loved. Somebody Come on. just told me that. Okay, that you, you are, are loved. loved. <laughs> you are loved out here, baby. You are loved. Keep going. Keep striving. Keep doing it, bro. Just keep going and get ready. Get ready Get because ready. this 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 year, baby, 2019, it's almost over. Okay, it, mm. it came and then it's uh-huh. time to go. But uh, <laughs> listen, you better get on this train. You better get on this train because it does not wait. It don't wait for nobody. Mm-mm. You better get on the train though. But good luck to to everybody. I mean, your love, man, your love. That's all I have to say. God bless. Amen. Peace and so with that being said, 
We love by me too, cousins. Have a great week. Don't let these haters get to you. And we out. Yeah.